Welcome back to another episode of the Transform Your Life podcast. I'm Angela Hauk, founder of the international online coaching business, Team Ange. I'm an expert in building muscle and losing fat, a natural figure and fitness pro athlete with the UFE, and a lover of everything personal development. I'm a mom, a businesswoman. Most days, I just feel like a hot mess trying to keep it all together. I spent the first two decades of my life overweight, tired, hating vegetables, and living off Pepsi. I got sick and tired of feeling tired every day and decided to transform my life. This fitness and nutrition podcast is dedicated to educating and empowering listeners on all things training, nutrition, and personal development. I'm on a mission to help you improve your body, achieve your goals, live a confident and fulfilled life stepping into your full potential. So let's help you transform physically and mentally to a person that's been hiding underneath all along. Let's do it. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode. Today I am talking to a wonderful woman, but first I want to tell you what I am sipping on, and that is Core Burn Ultra. Core Nutritionals is one of our sponsors for today's episode. They are the supplement company that has absolutely transformed my physique. I am completely obsessed with how effective these supplements are. So I'm currently four weeks out from making my pro debut, so I'm sipping on Core burn ultra to help suppress my appetite also help burn some fat and help with increasing energy so if you want to give this product a try and you're actively in a fat loss phase i want you to head on over to corenutritionals.com give core burn ultra a try be sure to use the checkout code a help and that's going to save you 15 percent off of your order now let's get into today's episode I am chatting with Casey Arnold, the founder and owner of I Can Nutrition. So Casey attended the University of Kansas where she studied exercise science. She holds a number of nutrition certifications and mentorships under her education umbrella with her education from Nutritional Coaching Institute setting her apart in the field of nutrition coaching. She has been in the fitness and wellness industry for over 10 years. She's worked with amateur, collegiate, and professional athletes throughout the USA, but also has a thriving practice in helping regular people lose weight and maintain healthier lifestyles and educating trainers on the art of nutrition coaching. Her passion is in education, specifically those who are trying to lose weight and cannot find a sustainable solution. She believes that success is found within a community. No one should ever feel alone on their journey to optimal health. She inspires clients, athletes, coaches, and groups to live their best and most empowered life, creating impact and unlocking the combination to success for every individual or group that she works with is essential to helping them in reaching their goals. You guys, today's conversation is absolutely dynamic. We have an opportunity to chat all about emotion and stress eating heading into the holidays and Thanksgiving. This is super, super common. It's also so common for especially women to struggle with binge eating. So today's conversation really talks about how in the world we handle emotional eating, how we can regain that control, develop strong strategies, and really start to reprogram our brain to create better habits, and a better relationship with food. So let's get into it. My conversation with Casey Arnold from I Can Nutrition. Why don't we go back? Where were you 
let's say, 15 years ago, what was your life like at that point? Uh, 15 years ago, some 30, gosh, 15 years ago, I was, I was in, I was, uh, 15 years ago, where was I? I was in college 15 years ago. And, um, if you had asked me in college that I'd be doing this today, I would have, I'd be saying yes, but I was in college. I was determined to be the number one strength conditioning coach for men's athletics. Cause that's what, that's who I was mentoring on, under, under the university, at the university of Kansas, with Andrea Hootie, I was determined to be the top female strength coach, but the nutrition came into play um, a couple years later when I had done a bunch of bikini competitions and I rebounded horribly from my diet. My coach did not coach me well at all off the diet. So I was in a massive like state of hormone repair of some metabolic, massive metabolic damage. And it took me 18 months to fully repair. And I did that on my own with guidance, but it wasn't until I had a mentor come into my life in Vegas that really changed my life and really made me want to dive deeper into the nutrition realm because that is what I figured out was what the catalyst was of a lot of hurt, not just with the athletes, but just in our gen pop arena of women, especially, and men that just want to live a healthier life. They just don't have that nutrition on point. So then it became my mission I would say eight years ago to truly become what I've done so far and just make as much impact as I possibly can in the nutrition area to help men and women live their best lives. And what do you think are the main things that hold people back when it comes to nutrition? Uh, knowledge and, and honestly, the media. So when it comes to like what holding especially women back um, is the amount of media that tells them that they have to do X, Y, and Z and there's so much crap out there that they become overwhelmed and they don't know what to do. So they try challenge after challenge, diet after diet, cleanse after cleanse, and become more and more broken. It comes to the point, truly, Ange, where they just are lost. So they just give up because they don't have true guidance. So they come to you, they're lost, broken, confused. And what is your first step in terms of getting them back on the right path? Getting them back on the right path is completely individualized when it comes to the individual Ange. But the first thing I work through with them is their mindset of where they are. Because at the end of the day, if we don't have their mind and if they're not mentally ready to take on that step of really owning their nutrition on their individualized level, then nothing's going to work. So, and that's just with anything in life, your business, with anything I learned is if we don't have our mind right and if we're not fully ready to surrender to the process, then you're not going to be ready and you're not going to be successful. So it's getting those women in that mental state where they truly are ready to take on this journey of creating their hero's journey is what I call it. Then that's when the magic will happen for them. But until they're that broken or they're in that much pain, you're not going to want to change. And so that's where I feel and find out is if they're really in that space and that's when they're ready to truly make that change. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I love that you say that each of the journeys is so unique and so different because I think so often people think, oh, my friend does this diet or I heard that my sister did this or that. What ends up happening is I think people try to just copy what other people are doing around them, especially with women, because we tend to be talkers and talk about what's working for us and that kind of thing. <laughs> and then we think, oh, well, that's that worked for her. She did the keto diet and she lost 50 pounds. So if I just do exactly what she did, then I'll get the exactly same result. And what I'm hearing from you is it doesn't really work like that. 
hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's where like the biggest, one of the biggest downfalls is, is every single like woman, they want community, right? They want to be able to do the same diet as their friend. And you can have community with every single one of your friends and so many more women, but still doing an individualized approach because there's no single person out there that's going to be on the same diet journey, same nutrition protocol, because every single person is their own unique self. And if you're trying to put the same diet on a basketball player as like a pro figure play, figure competitor, that would just never work. So it's really allowing and really embracing and educating the women that, hey, you are your unique self and let's create this unique journey for you to then be able to share with your friends and everybody's on their unique journey and they can learn from each other and really create confidence and independence within themselves along with community and education as they can all share their journey and support each other. That's awesome. Absolutely. Now, today's conversation, I really think we need to get into this topic of stress and emotional eating. I've had a lot of people that listen to the podcast that will have wanted me to get into this topic. I think it is so common. Now let's just talk about this rebound journey first off that you had coming out of competing because I think that in itself can lend to what's going on with emotional eating. And, and I know me coming off of my first show kind of got into the whole binge eating space and had never been exposed to it, never really knew anything about it, but couldn't stop myself from consuming food just from coming off from such an intense diet. So I'm wondering, mm-hmm. did, did you have that coming off of your shows that like never ending could never Like you never felt full, so you just keep on eating and you're kind of also dealing with the emotions of coming down from the competition high. So what was that all like for you? Oh man. So absolutely you almost like literally hit it on the head there, Ange. So when I I dieted, I did five shows and dieted for um, 13 months straight. So I did not actually, I just was dieted, dieted, dieted in, in a massive caloric deficit just to get your body ready for that stage. And it was to the point where I was so hungry, like mentally, I was got off stage and you get to that point where you're just starving and all you want to do is reward yourself, right? So you have in your brain, like your hunger response is completely shifted because you're told not to eat. And you come off stage and all of a sudden you're given permission from a coach that you can eat, but you don't know how to control that hunger response because you just want to eat enough to feel good because you're so mentally just deprived and you're just depreciated when it comes to just literally everything, mentally, emotionally, and food. When I came off stage and I coach, okay, you go have your cheat meal. That cheat meal turned into binge eating for almost a week where I just ate everything that I, my heart's desire that I wanted. I wanted cookies. I wanted everything sweet because that's what my body craved. And that's the state I put my body in. Ange. And I remember, I'll never forget it. After I just had binge, I ate myself silly. Cause that's what I thought was supposed to make me feel good. That was the void that I felt needed to be filled the emotional state. And then once I looked in the mirror and I realized I had gained over 30 pounds in a matter of 10 days and a lot of that was water retention, just it wasn't body fat yet, but a ton of it was just my body was holding on to all this food because it didn't know what to do and how to process it because I was in such a caloric deficit for such a long time. And I looked in the mirror and all of a sudden I had these cheek rolls and I was bloated and I was thick. And then it started this emotional downward spiral where I then lost my boyfriend at the time who I thought I was going to marry. He became not 
attracted to me anymore and told me that he wasn't physically attracted to me anymore because I gained all this weight. So then it became an even more emotional disturbance because I didn't know, okay, you're supposed to love me, but apparently you don't really love me because you were basing your love on looks, not my internal love in my heart. And so it turned into a huge emotional downward spiral that had literally all stemmed just from food. My goodness, that is the story of so many people, right? So many mm -hmm. people. I, it's saddening to me when I stop and I think about it. Like I, I've certainly been down that road as well, but I think there also is so many women out there where like maybe you had never 100% loved your body, but you, when you are in that state, have also never hated your body as much as what you do after that has happened to you. So how do you pick up the pieces from there and get out of the cycle of emotional eating or, and get out of the cycle of almost that little bit of self-hatred when you look in the mirror? You, all you see is this body that you really don't love anymore. How do you get out of that? Oh yeah, that is, and that's the number, that's like the golden, the golden ticket question, right? And just how do we get out of it? And a lot of it, the last thing I wanted to do was to get help. The last thing I wanted was to seek guidance because I felt inferior, like I had failed and I need to figure this out on my own. And the number one place that a woman needs to start in order to fix that emotional damage that has been caused by that food and then that distress that you have with your body and that hatred is finding community and having a coach and a mentor to guide you because you cannot run this life on your own. No matter how perfect you feel you might life be or how broken you are, you cannot go through it by yourself. You absolutely cannot. And I had friends telling me for, gosh, like over a couple of years telling me, get a coach, get some mentor, get some guidance. There's other women like, like you out there. And I had told myself this story. No, there's not. No, there's not. Like I failed. I was embarrassed. But at the end of the day, like you coming out of that and owning and truly owning where you're at and realizing, hey, life is so much more than that and having that guidance, that's when the game change really starts to happen, Ange, is to really seek that guidance because women, we don't like to be alone. We might think we, we love to be strong and independent, but being strong and independent is also having a village of other strong and independent women to really build off of and to really create even more confidence. And so it was when I finally surrendered to hiring a mentor and someone to coach me through this process to really understand my emotions, help me learn to love myself again, learn to have a relationship with food. That's when I became empowered again, because I was realizing, wow, you really cannot do it on your own. And there's so many more women out there. And that's the number one piece of advice that women need to hear and need to really, really, truly learn to embrace is not doing it on your own, having a coach, having community to really elevate you and really be there for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think too, the part that is so scary is you are in this place of being so embarrassed and you feel so guilty. You feel so ashamed really is the, is the, mm. the way that I can really describe it. And I didn't want to see friends. I didn't want to, I didn't want anybody to see me like this. I kept on thinking like, I will just fix myself. And I love that you're saying like, that's when we need to call on the help of other people. And 
coach or a mentor or the right community is not going to look away. They're going to be there to help support you and help you see the light when maybe you can't see it quite yet. So as scary as it can be to reach out to somebody else and explain what it is that's going on, you really then can start your journey of healing and your journey of trying to come out of that place. Now, what if somebody feels as though every time that they get stressed or every time something X, Y, and Z happens, food is always there for them. So they always find themselves going back to this cycle of when I feel stressed or when I feel this particular emotion, food will make it all better. How do we fix that? So when we want to fix the emotionally and the stress eating, right? So normally stress eating comes on to us when we're feeling like we're not enough or we feel we need some comfort. And so we're looking for an external fix to fix something internally when really that external fix is just like putting a Band-Aid over a wound or it's like just taking the batteries out of the smoke alarm. It's not going to help. Okay. So how can we absolutely stop the stress eating and what can we absolutely do to really increase our ability to let that go? It's finding new ways to relieve stress. So the moment that you want to start, and it's not a quick fix, Ange, it's, okay, what do I like to do? What are my favorite things to do outside of eating? Okay, I like to go for a walk, or oh, I really like listening to this podcast, or I like to do this. It's using another distraction, and it's counting that win. So the second you want to go into that fridge, or you want to go grab that bag of cookies because you're stressed, no, you immediately go and you make a promise to yourself, okay, I'm actually going to listen to this podcast. I'm going to go for a walk. And it's really creating a new habit in place of that stress habit because stress, all stress is, it's telling our body that we need to get out of this space of discomfort. So instead of feeling that get out of discomfort by eating food, what else can get us out of discomfort that we enjoy doing? And it's replacing it with that and then counting that win. So it's creating a new habit to replace that old habit of the stress eating. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it comes from reprogramming. I know for me, when I was caught up in it, there were certain stores I would go to and get those certain things. Yes. And I needed to not go to those stores. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> those habits, I was in new stores and I didn't know where those things were. And I just allowed that ignorance to take over in a good way. Versus always going to the same store and then you're fighting the resistance of, oh, I know it's in aisle three. I know it's halfway down aisle three. So I think creating the new habit loops is also reprogramming your pathways and, and the ways in which you're spending your time, the places that you're going. If maybe you drive a particular way on the way home and there's this one amazing restaurant or amazing drive through that you always find yourself wanting to stop at, can you drive a slightly different way so that your brain isn't exposed to it and you're fighting that resistance, you're able to create a new habit loop, in which case we can also create positive habit change in that way. Oh, 100%. And once they see that they're going to that restaurant, right? So that's another thing. Their commitment to themselves is, okay, I want to go stop at Chick-fil-A or I want to go stop at this fast food restaurant. If you find yourself stopping at that restaurant, you may get promised yourself, nope, if I'm going to stop here, I'm only ordering a cup of water. Nope, that's all I'm going to do. I'm only going to order X, Y, and Z. So it's really creating like, okay, if I'm going to stop here, this is what I actually have to do. If I'm going to stop at that gas station to get that Snickers bar, 
I can't go in unless I'm just going to buy a water. I'm only going to buy like a Gatorade, something that's going to reprogram them into getting something that's going to add to their health and not take away from them. So you hit that on the head. It's that reprogramming of that behavior. And then when they see that they can reprogram, then that creates more independence and confidence. And then that stress eating slowly starts to go away because they've reprogrammed in a new habit and behavior that's adding to their life and not taking away. Mm-hmm. I love everything that you just said there. Now, what about the whole concept of creating confidence with our food decisions. So you right there very confidently said, okay, I'm going to go in, I'm going to grab a water. How do we regain that confidence and trust in ourselves to make the right decision and feel empowered about the decision that we're making? So we create that confidence, that independence through consistency and repeated positive behavior. So Like we said, we go through that restaurant, we go through Chick-fil-A, we go through that Taco Bell, you name it. And we make that promise to ourselves, whether you make a note on your phone or you have a note card, you're what I like to call the daily agreement card that you write down on this card, you're going to drink this much water. If you go through Chick-fil-A, you're going to order water. You make a check mark next to that in your daily agreement card. And so then your subconscious starts to reprogram that you're keeping the promises that you make to yourself. And when you see that you're keeping those promises that you make to yourself consistently, that's when the subconscious starts to just reprogram those behaviors. So then all of a sudden you're not going to those restaurants and ordering the food. And instead of going through and knowing you just have to order water, you're like, well, I'm just going to bring water instead. So you start to subconsciously reprogram the more consistent that you become at changing those behaviors by implementing the positive behavior that you desire to add to your health, like getting the water or getting some extra vegetables, et cetera, whatever it is that you need that's to add to your life, writing that down on a daily agreement card, doing it consistently and counting that win, that's going to reprogram your subconscious and it's going to Honestly, it's amazing what happens when you do it consistently because then all of a sudden you don't find yourself taking that route home. You don't find yourself turning into that fast food restaurant because that's not part of the daily agreement that you made with yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Now, what about creating accountability within your own life, not only with yourself, but also with perhaps loved ones or other people that can help keep you accountable to those agreements that you've made to yourself. So when you make those agreements to yourself, it's sharing what I like to call like the three disappointments. You don't, you have to think of three people in your life, Angie, that you absolutely, it, you, you do not want to disappoint, whether that's your best friend or your husband or your daughter or your son or your grandma, three people that you absolutely just, you could not bear to disappoint. You share your daily agreements with them and they help keep you accountable. So that's like I said, let's say you choose your husband, your son, and then your best friend. And you say, Hey, this is my daily agreement with myself. Will you hold me accountable? And you share them with that community because then they feel a part of your journey. They're helping to empower you. And you have just now let them in to your village. You have now let them into your personal community where you know you cannot let them down because you've made that agreement with yourself. You've spoke that out loud to them and they have your daily agreements as well. So as soon as you write your daily agreements, which you write the night before, you send them or give to your three people that you cannot disappoint and they hold you accountable as well. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. That's so amazing. I think that also with that accountability and with writing down those like daily agreements, would you say that there are some pretty common ones that people could get started with that maybe listening to the podcast, like some pretty standard, easy ones that they could implement? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So like for daily agreements, like three super easy ones would be walking for 15 minutes, drinking half their body weight in water in ounces. So they could just write like drink, even start with like 60 ounces of water. Everyone should have 60 ounces of water. So drink 60 ounces of water, walk for 15 minutes, and then you could have on their bedtime at 10 p.m. Or you could have on their four cups of vegetables, something super simple. But those three are the most common, putting down your exercise that you're going to do, that's movement nutrition. Then you have your actual hydration nutrition, which comes from water, and then your food nutrition. So choosing to have like two cups of berries or choosing to have four cups of vegetables or 100 grams of protein or four servings of your favorite protein. So writing down those three, then you have all your nutrition's covered, your internal, your external and your subconscious, all taken care of right there with your nutrition. Mm, love that. I've never heard of that perspective. So I absolutely love that you shared that with us. It's very valuable. Now, I'm curious. You. you have been in the industry for an extended period of time. So you've now just shared maybe some basic agreements that somebody could get started with. Now, what would be something at more of an intermediate, advanced, or perhaps your level in terms of the agreements that you have to ensure that you stay on track with your own nutrition? Okay. So I, with my daily agreement card, like, and I still do it every single night and put it out. So for daily agreements, I put on, like I said, the movement nutrition, the mental nutrition, and the actual eating nutrition. And so in order to keep everything together, mind, body, and soul to keep you accountable in all areas of your nutritional life, I have on there the amount of water I'm going to drink, the amount of protein I'm going to eat, how much exercise I'm going to do. And what is that exercise? Is it 30 minutes of walking, 30 minutes of strength training, 30 minutes of yoga, you name it. And then I have on there my mental nutrition, which is journaling and visualizations, 10 minutes of journaling in the morning, 10 minutes of journaling at night, personal development, 15 minutes of personal reading, and then also 20 minutes of mobility. So that's my, that's actually my daily agreements for today. And I'm halfway done with them. So that's my mind, body, soul, nutrition. So nutrition is not just the food we eat. It's everything that we put in our body because that's what actually creates the healthiest versions of ourselves. Mm, I love that. I love that so much. Would you say that you have particular goals for yourself right now in terms of what you're hoping to achieve with your nutrition? Or would you say that vitality as a mom and longevity as a mom is really just your main focus. You know, that is so interesting you ask that. So being like a new mom, um, being gosh, four and a half weeks postpartum or having the baby, um, my, my goals that I have now are completely different than what I thought they were going to be when I was pregnant and I was carrying my baby and I was like, okay, this is, I'm going to be right out of the gate into my workouts and everything changed. And I had her, I said, okay, what's most important is my mental health, my emotional health, my physical health, but it's not about being impatient and getting right into it. So right now, like my goals right now, like my first 90 day goals were to be able to have my movement patterns back from when I, before I carried my babies, meaning having healthy hips and a healthy lower back and a healthy pelvic floor. Those are my movement goals. And then my nutrition goals are to have my, my gut microbiome all healed and tested. Cause I know that that gets compromised through your pregnancy. So having my gut all in check and 
so that I'm getting the best nutrition for my baby and for my breast milk. And then also personal development wise, I have that I have to read six new books. So those are my, in 90 days, six new personal development books. So those are my nutrition goals for the next 90 days is my movement, my gut, and then my mental health. Mm, so awesome. So awesome. And I love, we were talking a little bit about this when we were getting started, but I love that you became a mom and life still continues. That is such a beautiful story to hear. I think it is so tough, whether you have a good pregnancy, bad pregnancy, good delivery, bad delivery. I think it is so, so common for everybody to forget about what they were hoping to achieve like before they got pregnant and before they have their baby. Like maybe you have big aspirations as a, as a business owner or big aspirations. So how do you, although you're a mom, how do you ensure that your goals are still something that you actively pursue versus put on the back burner? Because I think the more common thing that we see is perhaps putting those goals on, on the back burner. So how do we bring them to the forefront and ensure that we're still making 90-day goals throughout the year despite becoming a mom? That's such a good question, Ange, and something that um, I see a lot of moms that struggle with, right? Just like we were talking about earlier is, okay, how do we, how do we maintain our lives, our entrepreneurship, our independence, even though we are moms, how do we maintain that? And so Right coming out of the gate, the number one, the number one successful part is having that communication with your spouse, or if you're by yourself, having that communication with yourself. That once you're done, when once you're ha- done having your baby, your baby's here. It's planning ahead. So failure to prepare is preparing to fail. So I knew that my goals and my business, no matter what, I was going to be able to. If I had a rough pregnancy, you name it, or if something did go wrong, or I wasn't as healthy but that my goals were still going to be able to be attainable in those first 90 days coming out. And then 90 days later is setting those goals and having that communication with those that are going to hold you accountable, your spouse and knowing that, okay, I'm going to have this beautiful, amazing baby, but I can still be a mom. And it's, I don't call it balance. I hate to say it's work-life balance. I like to refer to it more as work-life mastery because nobody's life, nobody's mom's life looks the exact same when it comes to being able to maintain your work. Your work hours might change, but as long as you know that the goals that you set and the action steps that you need to take towards those goals, you are putting into and time blocking into your perfect day, then you're not going to fail. As long as you are prepared and you have your goals set and you have that mindset, you have that support from your family and from your friends, you're not going to shift into this world of, oh my Lord, I'm just a mom now and I'm not an entrepreneur or I can't go back to my job or I can't do these things. It's having that mindset I get of changing of I can't to I can and I will. So I get to be this amazing mother that has this amazing, incredible job. And this is how I'm going to master being a mom and being able to work. Because everybody's life is different, Angie, and everybody's going to have a different amount that they can work every week. But making sure that you're setting the goals that you know you can attain within that time period is going to keep you right on track to just not only being present with your child, but also being present in your work and making sure that you're setting time where you're not trying to work at the same time you're trying to be a mom so that when you have your mom time, you're being present with your child. And then when you have your work time, you get to be fully present in your work. And then you don't start to cause resentments or get anxious or anxiety because you're trying to overlap the two. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, the way I describe it is like so often we think multitasking is the answer. And as soon as I had my first few months of mommyhood, I decided that instead of trying to wear all of the hats all at once, I'm going to Mm. put the hat on for when I need it, take it off, and then put the other hat on. Because the challenge was when you're trying to juggle all the hats or juggle all the things all at once, inevitably the balls start to fall and then you just feel as though you're not performing or not doing the things that you want to do versus allocating the time throughout the day or allocating the time throughout the week to put on those various hats and then looking at the week and being like, okay, maybe things aren't 100% balanced. Maybe there's some areas that I spent more time, but everything existed in harmony with one another. And I think that's the big piece that I often recommend for moms is can you put the hats on, take the hats back off versus trying to always have all the hats on all at once. Yes, you could not have said it better because of course we try to multitask and there's no such thing as multitasking. We try, we try and we try and I've actually spoken with a couple different like brain health specialists that laugh when women are like, oh yes, we can multitask. When in, in theory, we really cannot multitask successfully. So just like you said, Ange, put the hat on, take the hat off, put the other hat on and you're gonna be so much more successful and efficient. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. So, so good. So we're going into holiday season. We just had Thanksgiving here in Canada and you guys have Thanksgiving coming up. We also have the Christmas holidays that are right around the corner as well. And we know in the nutrition space, this is a high stress, busy time for people and people can get very afraid of the holidays when it comes to nutrition. So what are some of the mm-hmm. con- what are the some of the concrete things that we can do heading into the busy festive seasons and stay on top of the nutrition um, and our goals. I love this time of the year because it's the one time of the year that I can actually like instill as much coaching as I possibly can to create as much confidence in the women and men. And really just honestly, the number one thing I say is grant yourself grace and patience. And when I say grant yourself grace and patience, it is not looking at meals as cheat meals. I hate using the term cheat meal. I let that go because we say cheat in our brain, that's bad. And so then you start to feel guilt because you have Thanksgiving, you think, oh, this is a big cheat meal. It's not a cheat meal. It's you choosing to eat some extra calories on a certain day. And that's not going to throw all of your goals off. So I tell everyone that asks me, don't look at Thanksgiving, Christmas, and all these as cheat days. Look at them as I'm choosing to just eat some extra food. It's not going to hurt my goals. And I'm going to enjoy myself. And then I'm going to get back on track the next day. We try to complicate nutrition way too much in the holidays. Like, okay, I know I'm going to eat a lot of Thanksgiving. So I'm going to go into a calorie deficit for six days prior. So then I can eat all this food. But then it causes a rebound. So instead of trying to make things complicated, Ange, I just tell every single client and every single person that asks this, Grace, patience, let go of the word cheat, embrace the loving ability to be able to spend time with your family and friends, enjoy your food, but don't stuff yourself full and then move on the next day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's going into those settings with the mindset of not saying, okay, today is the only day I get to eat pumpkin pie. So I have to yes. eat all the pumpkin pie. 
you know yes. what? Your your better approach is to have pumpkin pie on days that aren't even Thanksgiving days. Just yes. give, give yourself that trust and confidence that this isn't food that's only limited to one day. It's lim- You can have it. If you want to go to the store and go buy pumpkin pie and, and have it randomly on a day in July, go for it versus the this is the only day I get to eat this thing. Yes, a hundred percent. Because that creates them when you have that mindset, like, oh my gosh, you create anxiety, you create stress, and then that affects your hormones. And then you're literally putting yourself into a downward spiral on the holidays that you have to fix up a huge mess come January and February. Whereas if you just relax, like you said, and just eat the pie, just eat the turkey, have the mashed potatoes, enjoy yourself mm-hmm. to an extent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, that's so powerful. And I think women and men both need to hear it more often. I think we we're so hard on ourselves, literally, like we're, we're so, so hard on ourselves. And I just think that's the thing that really messes us up in the end when we try to be perfect and try to have, I don't know, try to have everything all together and have everything all figured out. And we want to go into a setting knowing exactly what's going to be served and what the recipe is and the macros are for it and that kind of thing. Then then I'll plan the day around it. And I think all of that becomes a little bit crazy. I think we can go into the setting, just enjoy the food, don't worry what the macros are for that particular <laughs> meal and get, get going on the next meal. I, you could not have said that better. I can, Amen. And it's just... Enjoy yourself because you spend so much time trying to count macros and all the food and everything that you don't get to enjoy the moment and life is too short. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy yourself. And that's why people try they try to complicate it. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy the moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, in your life, what would you say is lighting you up the most these days? What's lighting me up the most these days, I would say, is besides my baby girl, uh, would be would be the work that I'm doing um, with helping women understand that they can lose weight and they can lose it for good. So that's been, I say, what's lighting me up is really, really teaching and educating women on weight loss in a sustainable manner and knowing that you can do it and you can do it successfully for the rest of your life without having to reverse back and go on more diets and cleanses and whatnot. It's really educating. So that's what's lighting me up so much right now is seeing all these transformations with these women. I love it. I love it. Now, if people are interested in learning more about you and learning more about what you do and this passionate project that you are doing at the moment, where can people find more information? People can find more information through uh, my website, which is I Can Nutrition Coaching, or they can find me on Instagram under Casey Tom or on Facebook with I Can Nutrition. So I'm in all areas. Awesome. And we'll be sure to put all of that into the show notes. Now, is there any other pieces of information that you think you'd like to share to give people some advice about losing weight in a sustainable manner? Oh, absolutely. When it comes to so many, so many myths, right? There's like a couple tips I can just share right now that can really help to alleviate stress for all you listeners that are dying to lose weight or stressed and just have no idea what to do, understand right now like, it's not your fault that you haven't figured out a solution yet if you haven't gotten an individualized approach. No diet, no cleanse is going to allow you to lose your weight sustainably. So take a deep breath there 
and know that the key to losing weight sustainably is creating sustainable habits that fit into your environment and your life. And all starts with sleeping and alleviating stress. Those are the number two most underrated, undervalued, but two of the most important components when it comes to losing weight from every level to your hormones, to your gut, to everything within your system is getting sleep and alleviating stress. And if you can start there with integrating sleep and less stress, and when I say sleep, I'm talking at minimum seven hours a night, seven to nine hours at night of solid sleep, your body's going to start to thank you and that you'll start to see some weight loss just by changing those two habits right there, sleep and stress. What about people who work, shift work or struggle with falling asleep? When we have people that are shift workers, like nighttime nurses, or we have that. So that is a whole nother beast when it comes to sleeping, but we implement what we call like sleep patterns. So those that have a hard time sleeping or even shift workers, we can absolutely change how we go to sleep or have a hard time sleeping by creating the habit of preparing for sleep. So that's one thing we don't do is a lot of people just say, okay, I'm going to go to bed at 10 o'clock and I'm just going to go lay down in bed at 10 and go to sleep. A lot of people's brains don't work that way, Angie. You actually need to prepare for sleep. So saying you're going to go to bed at 10 o'clock, will you actually start to prepare for sleep at nine o'clock? And what does that look like? That means by no more digital devices, putting your phone down. We all like to go to sleep with our phone in our hands, which is terrible. So we put the digital devices down. You start to listen to some calmer music or you take a bath with lavender Epsom salts or you take some actual essential oils or melatonin. So there's lots of different strategies to actually prepare your body for sleep so that your body starts to de-stress. You downregulate your cortisol and your stress response and your insulin so that your body is ready to go to sleep. But if you don't actually allow your body to prepare for REM, to prepare for sleep, you're going to have a hard time sleeping. So you hear about people like women and stuff saying, I can't shut my brain off. I just was up all night. I was thinking... Because they just go straight to bed. They just go lay right down in bed and like, okay, I got to go to bed. It's 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. But they didn't allow their body to prepare to be ready for a restful night's sleep. So that's the number one strategy I could say to implement today is if you set a bedtime right now for 9, 10 o'clock, an hour before bed, you start to prepare for bed by reading an actual book, putting your phone away, drinking some warm water or some tea, taking a bath, having some lavender essential oil allowing your body to be calm and downregulate the stress response. And that goes for shift workers as well. They come off their shift, they need to prepare their body for sleep as well, having a blackout curtains in their room because it's daytime, etc. So the one thing that we don't see enough of is the preparedness for your body to actually get ready for a restful night's sleep. Mm-hmm. It's funny because it's like people wake up in the morning and they give themselves the hour of, oh, I... I need an hour to get ready. So I need an hour to have my coffee and to do whatever the X, Y, and Z in the morning. And it's like, I can't get yep. my day going until I do this. And they, they allocate this time to rev the engine and get things going. But I think we need to reverse that at the end of the day. And I totally agree with everything that you say. And that's very much a part of my bedtime routine. And it, it's one of those things where I think if we took better care of ourselves with that, I think we would see that sleep would be better if, if we essentially put that time to doing it versus 
scrolling on Facebook or watching another episode on Netflix or whatever it is that we do write it right before we go to bed. So I love that you shared that and I 100% agree. Oh, thank you. And it's really is, I used to be, I will be the first to admit that my hand is plastered to my phone. Like we all know we're social media heads. Like we have this, what I call like rigid gaze. We just can't get our hand, our faces out of our phones. Mm-hmm. But the difference that it makes when you can just put that sucker away and like pick up a real book or just actually allow your body to have a restful night's sleep. It's amazing the difference that you get actually mentally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Well, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to come on to today's podcast and sharing so many amazing and valuable pieces of information. I really, truly appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure and an honor. I've loved all of it. Awesome. Well, we'd like to wrap up in one final way here on the podcast, and that is how would you like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered as the woman or the coach that never gave up on you. That's how I like to be remembered. Oh, I love that. That's absolutely amazing. Keep on showing up in the way that you're showing up. I can just sense from today's conversation that your energy is making such a great impact in this world. And I look forward to seeing what's next for you. Thank you so much, Miss Ange. I hope you have a really wonderful rest of your day too. You too. And we'll keep in touch. (laughs) Take care. All right. Bye for now, sweetie. Bye. What a beautiful conversation. I'm so glad that I had an opportunity to chat with such an amazing soul and talk about this topic that is so, so common. So if you listened to today's episode and you feel as though you're struggling with any of the things that we may have discussed, I want you to take the time to either reach out to myself or to reach out to Casey and let us know that This is what is really going on. It can be so challenging to just ask for help and to lean in on a coach or to get some mentorship or to just admit that perhaps you're struggling with this, but know that you're not alone. Know that there's so many of us that struggle with this from time to time. So reach out if you need to. You can either fire me off an email or you can find all of the information to connect with Casey in today's show notes. And other than that, guys, have a fantastic week. Currently sitting about three and a half weeks out from my show. So we're grinding and I've been sharing as much as I can on social media with that. Um, Some of you guys have seen my confessional and that was really just an apology for being a little bit less vocal this time around. But know that I'm still grinding, I'm still showing up, trying my absolute best to really make all of you guys proud. So if you want to come to the show, head on over to ufeshows.com. Look up the World Pro Championships. They're happening in Toronto. I would absolutely love to see you. Other than that, guys, hope you have a fantastic week. As always, I appreciate, love, and care for you. Bye for now. Guys, I'm on a really big mission here and I want to transform 1 million lives, but I need your help. I can't do it alone. I want you to take this episode, share it with just one person. Maybe it's a friend or a family member or maybe a coworker, just one person who could really benefit from the information in this week's episode or perhaps a previous episode. That is how we create impact. That is how we get this movement going. That's how we take people from feeling tired and just not having a fulfilled life and we put them into fulfilling their full potential. So I challenge you guys to share this with just one person. It would mean the world to me. And as always, 
head on over to iTunes, subscribe so that you never miss an episode. They come out every single Thursday. That is my commitment to all of you guys so that you guys can continually grow, expand, and fulfill your full potential. Have a great week. We'll catch you next time. Lots of love. Ange.